Thank you so much. And it's, um, it's such an honor to be back here at Vermont Studio Center. Um, just over a year ago, I actually was over in Maverick and I revised the manuscript for this book, which I then sent out that summer. Um, so this place is really dear to me and I have a lot of gratitude and glad that you guys are here. And I'm also thrilled to be the opening act for Sam. Um, so it's finally summer here in Vermont and because the full moon is waxing, it's full on Saturday, right now I'm going to read some kind of moony poems. Um, and this one's called Hindsight. It was the kind of night June was made for, a night worth twice its weight in syrup, lemon balm air like a soft damp cloth wrung and wrung by capable hands. It was a thick night you could eat alive, a souped-up night of steam and ginger, a night no one quite believed was real, except it was there and ripe for the picking, cash crop of love under the butter moon. The boys and girls slipped out of their skins, took the dark lake like a sidelong glance, parted the curtains of cedar wood as the firefly meteor shower began. One boy on the shore cupped a bug in his hands, it was cold light, perfectly efficient. He showed it to the girl dripping oil and water, how the bulb kept pulsing but gave no heat. The night spread a rumor, but the girl believed it. Her heart was a peach in a bowl of bones. His heart was the stone, and he hunted for insects, spelling her name in fire on the sand. He said, look, the moon's drawing water, meaning forecast, meaning rain. Though she heard you are the halo, the weather, the circle of cirrus conjuring change. Then the night stepped out of its black chemise and lay its head across their laps. The pale night shone like a coin in a crack and they fell to their knees to palm it. Night of fingers, night of tips. Shameless night that would not sleep. Pastille night she put under her tongue and sucked the sugar till sugar was spit. Then he slipped it quickly into his pocket and it balled up small, picked up lint. It swallowed its pride and turned to a pebble, then a piece of gravel, then a speck of grit. I'm going to read the title poem next, which... Um, kind of a racy poem, but I like to dedicate it to my dad, who's no longer around, because he taught me how to drive, and that was the inspiration for this poem. It's called Wanting It. Wasn't I beautiful? Wasn't I desperate? Didn't I give a shit about world peace, inner peace, only wanting it, wanting it, secret graffiti, spelled out in lip gloss on the locker room wall? The new underwire bit into my ribs, pushed me up, and I caught the mirror, wanted it. Cocked a hip, wanted it. Front seat, back seat, down on the floor. Brag of bruises blooming like plums on my neck. Tender, bad, and legitimate. I wanted to ditch it, wanted to drive. Alone in the car for the first time, silence. Such concentration, my hands tongued the wheel. I could see the brush stroke of each yellow line. Could feel my tires crush pieces of gravel and my ten toes alive inside my shoes, firm and quick on the pedals. There was an orange lodged underneath the clutch. Squeeze it and shift, 
squeeze it and there. Those boys who juiced the halls with slouch and threw their bodies around the field, they watched when I punched it to second, third, burned my tracks along the high school tar. They looked at me as if I could kill them. They wanted to kill me back against a locker. I could feel my body jammed up on metal, my skin in ridges where the grates dug in, my skirt hiked up, my muscles like fish, my third eye watching from the outside in. I was some other girl. I was anyone's candy. I'm going to fast forward now from high school to kindergarten. <laughs> or go back in time. This is called A Marriage Story. Kindergarten was wood chips and Julio on my tail like a rocket through the playground. Black eyes and fast legs crawling in the tire tunnel. Breath on my turtleneck scrabbling the rope wall, bouncing me off the hanging walkway into the monkey bar house. Every recess, he said he would marry me. He said it like a threat, like, I'm going to kill you. And I knew if I ran too slow and he caught me, it was true. At home, my mother brushed my brown hair like a precious fleece, static crackling beneath satin ribbon as I cried for my future, for my new life with Julio. Even after the promises and parent-teacher conference, after recess inside and timeouts for Julio, I cried like the world was ending, which it was, because Julio proclaimed I would grow up and leave home, small prophet in corduroys staking his claim, where boys stashed mosses and secret bones played out their terrible shouting games. I was fast, but I couldn't outrun them. In another forest, the girl glimpsed the gold, trick apple of love concealed in underbrush, and she slowed her sprint to gather it up. The last warrior who raced her caught her like this, reeled her in like a fish on a line. At night in the king bed, my yellow ring shines, bites my sleeping finger sometimes without warning. I'm going to read the last poem in the book, which if you're from New England or even just the Northeast, you remember this past winter and it was really brutal. We don't want to think about it now, but I'll take you back there and then we'll end with a summer poem. So this one is Geese Going Moon. How do we survive this every year? The damp cusp of winter coming on, Demeter's grief in a freeze of branches. I carried the light box up from the basement, scoured the kitchen with forced fluorescence, white walls screaming, happy, happy, while the heartwick sputtered and snuffed out. In the dark barn, the barred owl huddled deep in her cage, obsidian eyes in a muff of gray down. Acrid bird shit, sweet hay, I couldn't tear my gaze from her. She's got one broken wing. She won't be released. Maybe the moon doesn't mean anything. Just a space rock in orbit, emitting no light of its own, reflecting only a smudge of the sun that strikes it, smear of lamp oil in a hazy sky. Every way I try to render you is wrong, pulling the thread of language through the eye of winter, 
cinching it tight, stitching up the season. First the spell, then the counterspell pierced the veil of daily life, dissolved the known boundaries. My heart unraveled like tapestry, blood-colored cloth laid out on the floor. Undone, I hid the scraps in a chest and locked the door. A hundred geese in a shaved cornfield fuel their passage to another realm. One cardinal caught in wild rose briars, scarlet daub on monochrome. And we're still here, scanning the roadsides, reading the full moon, bracing for the long haul. So now we'll go back to the beginning of summer, kind of where we are now. And I think this will be my last one. Kind of lost track of time, but it's probably about good. Um, this one's called Channeling. I told you May was too much, too much. Knee-deep in buttercups, I run again to the mountain, beat a path through drenched clover to the cut in the trees, that quiet arbor where woods transform into rainforest, luxuriant air at skin temperature, though I am almost skinless. I can feel the canopy photosynthesizing, green cells drinking light, making sugar. Sweet ferns unfurl in a spiral from curled packet to lush frond. Striped maple leaves spread wider than a man's palm. Stinging nettles edge the path beside wild geranium, but I slip past unscathed again to the summit where hunger surprises me, rising in a fever of chlorophyll and memory, your hand on my thigh, your words in my mouth, as I lie back on moss and grass open to the sky. Hot sun burns through cloud, and light, light, light blooms around my eyes, a tremor spiraling from deep within the body, leaving my fingers glazed with honey that smells of rainwater, leaves, mosses, and ocean. Thank you.